0: I'm so excited to share with you my guest today. Her name is Tamar Hermes, and she is the Wealth Building Concierge. Tamar is an author, a business owner, a real estate investor, and she writes for national publications like Entrepreneur Magazine. I have been just listening and absorbing and reading so much content lately about real estate investing, And it's just magic that Tamar and I are speaking today. So I can't wait to learn all that I can about investing in real estate, building wealth. It is so important for women in general to have command of their own wealth it is something that I, I truly believe empowers us to make decisions and to help society. So what you're doing, tomorrow is it's critical for all women. Um, and I'd love to introduce you to the sugar-coated audience, have you tell them a little bit about yourself, and then like let's get right into what do we need to do today to start building wealth for tomorrow.
1: Awesome. Thanks for having me. So what I do today is run a company, Wealth Building Concierge, where I guide women to become financially free through real estate investing. And I also have a high-level mastermind for women in the multi-seven-figure net worth level, where we up-level together and do a lot of the work that is required at a certain level of wealth to maintain and to continue to scale. I also am a full-time real estate investor and I'm very passionate about women and wealth through real estate investing. And so that is what my days are are filled with here in Austin. Mm.
0: Now, do you, I, I know that it's always a little scary to think about investing in real estate. There's so much that goes into it, so much knowledge that you have to have about the market and just about how to buy properties and do title searches and all of that good stuff. What would you say to somebody that sort of wants to get started in investing in real estate? What are the things that she would need to do?
1: The first thing you need to do is make sure that you have a handle on your finances and be a store of your money. Because once you do, then you can start to understand how to move it around, how to use leverage, how to get returns that make sense to you. And in terms of what the first steps would be, it would really depend once you look at your finances and you figure out, okay, this is how much I could potentially invest then you can start looking at, okay, what kinds of investments do I want to have? Do I want to have my own portfolio or do I want to be an investor that partners with other people that are more experienced than I am and participate in the returns? That is called a passive Mm. investor. So you can be a passive or an active investor. I'm a combination of both.
0: That's amazing. And I, I, I love that you talk about this because I think sometimes people feel that they might not have as much knowledge. They might be afraid to do something like this. How does one go about identifying someone who is you know, trustworthy and credible to partner together with to be a passive investor in real estate?
1: The interesting thing about that question is that what I find in answering it is it's the same thing with building a business it's the same thing with hiring a nanny it's the same thing with everything that we do in essence yeah. we're really looking at the qualifications that that person has and the the credibility of that person how do we know how long have they been doing that sort of work have they successfully executed on deals do they have a good recommendation uh, do they have good referrals Do they answer the phone quickly when you call? All of those things play into it. Now, naturally, you're also going to be looking at certain variables inside of the deal. How do they have the deal structured? Does it make sense to you? And with that, you sometimes need a little bit more knowledge in terms of what to look for to see whether or not the deal is structured correctly and in a way that makes sense to you. But a lot of times, if you pick a seasoned enough Sponsor is what we call the people that run the deals, the general partners of a large investment, then they generally will be fairly responsible and will be looking out for their own money as well as your money. The other good thing to check with partners like in these real estate deals where you're going to be passive is to find out if they have some of their own money in the deal, because if they have Mm -hmm. their own money in the deal, that means they have what we call skin in the game. So if they have skin in the game, then we know that it's not just my money that's being invested, but it's also their money.
0: Yeah. Now, I love this concept so much. Do you find that some of these larger investment I don't even really know what to call them, but, you know, collections of, of people like this, are, are they typically put together by men? And so, you know, as a woman, you have to also recognize how you're going into this relationship or have you seen more and more women like emerging as the, the people who are putting together these larger investments?
1: So the deals are generally called syndications. That's generally what syndications. we call mm-hmm. Okay. And then also, that way, if any of the listeners are looking, they can kind of start Googling syndication deals and learn more about that. And then as far as the male to female ratio, there are a lot of women in the space at this point, but we are still 30% investors, men to women, 30% being us as females. So... I always like to say that I like to look at people first and I have Mm -hmm. a lot of male partners that are wonderful people that I like just as much as I like my, my female partners. So I really look more at the deal first, but it is male dominant still in this space. Yeah. Yeah. But I I do agree with
0: you. I I think that more and more women are starting to get comfortable with putting together these uh, syndications, if you will. Um, and I think that it's a societal issue, right? It's like if, if women were paid equally and had the same opportunities, uh, you know, for all of the years that that the men had, they might be more able and open to creating syndications of their own. Is Is that something that you see happening
1: in the future? There's a lot of women that, that run syndications and are in the space and know how to manage investors. I syndicate deals. so You do? Yeah. So there, there's a lot of women in the space that do that kind of work. And as far as uh, the reasons why there are more men than women, I think you're right that we haven't been in the workplace as long generationally, we have, we would, at one point we couldn't vote at what point we couldn't buy own real estate. So we've come a long way, baby. And it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and at I same, agree. Yeah. And at the same time, there's no, absolutely no reason why women can't be in charge. And we're seeing more and more women in charge all the time.
0: Hmm. So Tamar, let's, let's uh, rewind back. How did
1: you get into this area? So for me, it was by default. Early on, when I was an executive in the entertainment industry, I realized that I was trading time for money and looking for solutions on how I didn't have to pay rent anymore. And what is the solution? The solution is to buy your own property, pay a mortgage and have a tenant. So that's what I did. And then from that Mm. point on, I really saw how wonderful real estate was. But I was very nervous because I didn't know a lot of people in the space and I was afraid of losing my money. I was afraid of making a mistake. So I I worked at my own pace to build portfolio. And then as I got more and more comfortable, I began to branch out with partnerships and learning different ways to invest until we're here today where I've been doing it for a while and I really enjoy the creative process of all that's available through real estate.
0: That's amazing. I, I'm, I'm so inspired by you. I, I love this way that you put it too. you know, you, there was a problem and you brainstormed a solution and then you went out and you tested that solution to see if it worked and it did. And then you took it slowly, slowly to really build it out. Now you're, you know, obviously investing in real estate, putting together these syndications, doing all of that. But then you also, you didn't stop there, if you will, you said, "How can I help other women to to do this?" And when did you say to yourself, "You know, I, I can't kind of hold all this information for myself. You know, I really want to help other other women see that they can do it too."
1: I think it was uh, at a certain point where I realized that I had figured out how to make enough money and live comfortably for myself. And just realized that the most rewarding things that we do in life have to do with our contribution to others. And mm-hmm. felt that my cup could run over more if I was more generous and if I would think more about others. I was just, I honestly, I was afraid because I didn't grow up with a lot and I really felt like I needed to hold all my cards close to protect myself and my family and so it took me a while to break through a lot of the barriers that a lot of people not only women but especially women have around money and how to how to expand our capacity and what we're capable of because women I think really ultimately are capable of even more than men because we are social creatures and we're just able to connect and make make relationships and create opportunities.
0: I agree with you. I mean, and again, I I've said this before, you know, I I definitely think that we need a a balance and a mix of all kinds of people to, you know, truly have a world that we all want to live in. Um so I don't think that Men are better than women. Women are better than men. It's just that we are not equal. And that's the thing that is really bothersome because I-, I couldn't agree with you more that women have so many, so many skills that are just, that they are just sort of baked into our DNA that comes so naturally to us. And those skills haven't in the past been valued with, you know, monetary compensation. I I do think that there's recognition that women are, you know, these forces and we just have to find the right vehicles in order to sort of extract that value. And so I'm so inspired by what you did for yourself and then you know, being so open and honest about the fact that you are afraid, afraid to share this type of knowledge with anyone else. Because again, I think society has kind of, you know, conditioned us as women to to have that, you know, lack mentality, like this is mine. And if, if you come into my my world, if you come into my tribe, you're going to take that from me instead of, wait a minute, there's there's plenty for everyone. Absolutely. I think so many women, we, we all, ha- you know, whether we like it or not, I think we all have that fear. And by you doing what you're doing and showing women like, wait a minute, I'm going to share with you my sort of secrets of success. And I want you to go out and, and do these things and be successful too, so that we can all be successful together. And you know, this, this is the way, this is the way.
1: Yeah, I love that. I think it, it is true that a lot of women and people do have that fear of other people taking it away, It might have like my knowledge away, and then there wouldn't be enough for me. I think for me, I think that's very true. Maybe that was part of it. I was actually when I was sharing that, I was saying more like I, I was just so focused on myself more than I was yeah. looking at other. Pe- I wasn't worried that somebody would take it away. I was just thinking about okay, what do I need? What do I need? What do I need? What do I need? Instead of what do other people need? So it wasn't that I was worried that if I shared it, that they would take it away from me. But that could be part of it, right? We're we're such complex creatures that I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if that also would be played a <laughs> part. I I never thought of that. I always felt like the reason that I was holding my cards closed had to do with me needing to spend all my time focusing on what I was creating for myself just to protect myself. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I listen. I think so many people can relate to that. In 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 many areas of our, our lives, we we do want to protect ourselves. It's one of the you know most basic human needs is for safety, right? And w- in what better way can you ensure your safety than to make sure that you have the money that you need to buy the things <laughs> that are going to keep you safe? Um, and it just requires so so much these days in order to just even meet the the bare minimum and so uh, let me ask you so through this process of helping women to get to financial freedom is that something that you feel like
1: you have achieved is that something that you are still working toward yes yes i have achieved financial freedom i do not need to work that's correct yep Yay. <laughs> I love like that. That, that oh, yeah. is
0: amazing. So how long did that take you? And the reason I'm asking is is, you know, we need to have these conversations as women. We need to talk about money and wealth and how to get there because we don't we don't have conversations. We don't ask each other, you know, how, how much are you charging for this? How much do you make? What, you know, what does it take for you? And the more knowledge that we have and the more we can talk about these things openly, the better it is for, for all of us because we're in the dark in a, in a lot of these cases.
1: Yeah, absolutely. As far as how long it took me, I don't think that there is, there definitely are formulas and there's, there's definitely thoughts about how long it takes to achieve financial freedom. But honestly, if you think about it, what financial freedom means for me may not be financial freedom for you. So if I'm happy living in a small house in a suburb and paying off my house and just going on vacation a couple of times a year, living a comfortable life and having great neighbors and and eating at the local restaurant, I may not need as much money as if I live in a big house in Austin, drive a Tesla, we have my kids going to private school. You know, there's a lot of different things, right? So we really need to assess that for ourselves and decide. And the biggest issue about finances, money, freedom is that most of us don't stop and think about how much we really need and how much we really want. So it's just yeah. what we do is we just say more. Yeah. And what happens with just more is that we end up chasing more, but we don't have a goal. So anything we do in our lives, we say, okay, I want to go to Hawaii next year on June 24th for three weeks. We have a set deadline, a set goal. We know exactly what we're doing, when we're doing, we know how to get there. But with money, we just say more, and more is elusive. It doesn't give ourselves any uh, framework to achieve the goal. So we really need to sit down, set up the amount of money that you want, set up the amount of money you need, do certain calculations based on how much interest you can make and what you can make from your properties and what you can do. And then you can come up with a financially free number. So my number is not going to be like your number.
0: Yeah. No, my number is high. Because I not only want to, I not only want to go to Hawaii. I want to live there. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and and to do that, it's it's crazy because the real estate in Oahu or Maui, where either one of those is is where I want to be, you know, the real estate uh, prices are astronomical um to say the least. So I I think that it's such incredible advice to give to really set a goal, right? To and to not shame ourselves into wanting what we want, right? So if we do want that house in Hawaii and maybe it's not a 30 million dollar mansion, but you know, maybe it is the the million dollar you know, two bedroom condo. To own that and to say, you know, this is what I ultimately want because if we don't sort of even put those stretch goals out there, we're never going to even get there. So I think that taking a step back, having the mindset to be able to take a step back and to really think about what is it that we need and then what is it that we want is an incredible starting point.
1: Absolutely. And the other thing about property in Hawaii, yes, it is expensive. And yes, if you go on to the MLS or you call a realtor, you're going to be paying top dollars. But there are ways that you can be crafty. You can write letters and find off-market deals. You can do a lot of different strategies if that's what really your focus is. And you can make some headway. Even with a realtor, sometimes they know about people that decide that they want to retire and get rid of their portfolio, and then you can get one of their properties for a win-win scenario. I think that part of it is always looking, once we decide what we want, like you said, not feeling shame about it. But also, there's not feeling shame about it, and there's also being bold about it. Yeah. So it's almost like if you really want it, you kind of got to claim it because if you don't claim it, someone else is going to claim it. Yeah. So it really is a matter of not thinking in terms of that, that certain things are out of our reach or they're expensive or maybe someday, but really thinking, okay, how can I get this now? How can I get it next year? How can I reach toward this goal? And how can I create a framework to get there and I know with my clients sometimes they'll say, "Well, I want this and I want that." And I'm like, "Okay, well, what do you want most? What's the first thing that you want?" Instead of having five goals, let's let's get the most important thing to you. And when they give me the most yeah. important thing, it's a lot easier to focus, right? Because like if you're thinking, "I want 10 properties, but I also want a place in Hawaii." Well, do you want a place in Hawaii more than you want the 10 properties? Yeah, that's where you right. want to live. Then figure out a way to get that property.
0: Yeah tomorrow i'm i'm hiring you <laughs> you know it's it's funny um i just kind of brought that up as as we were talking and and when you started you know, just explaining like, hey, there's there's alternatives. You know, I consider myself somebody that brainstorms solutions and always looks at things from a variety of different angles. And what you just said right there, my eyes went real wide, like, you know, what are these off market deals that you speak of? <laughs> so I'm just sort of really interested. And it's clear that you have all of this quote-unquote insider type of information because you have been in this world, uh, you know, for so long and have so much success. And I think that's something that women need to also do is to look to the experts and not be afraid to boldly, as you say, ask the questions, well, how, how can I do it? There, there is a way. Like, that makes me so excited.
1: And also, the other thing is that while I'd like to take a lot of praise for being the expert, and I do have a lot of knowledge, these days, knowledge is at our fingertips everywhere. It's called Google. And there are websites and there are people offering all kinds of good content. If we focus on it, we can find it. Not to say that you won't move a lot faster or feel a lot more supported or confident with mentorship, but there's also resources for free. So the truth is, is that either way, there's no, there really isn't a reason not to create what we want to create. We live in the best of times and the worst of times, but the best of times is that we have a lot of information at our fingertips and there is a lot of opportunity.
0: So I think you've hit on something that is super important and we do hear about it a lot but it's it's this whole idea of the this money mindset right and and even giving ourselves permission to want these things and and talk about these things and Know that we, if we want them, that that we can have them, and that we, you know, and, I know the word "deserve" is a, is a little controversial, but you know, if we we deserve these things, why not, right? So, what is the greatest barrier for women uh, when it comes to just getting started in any type of wealth building scenario?
1: Is it the is it the money mindset? Yes, it's always about mindset. Everything's mindset. It's always mm. 98% mindset and 2% everything else, right? It's mm. the, you know, it's the uh, it's the inspiration versus the perspiration. It all comes down to what you believe is possible because once you believe it's possible, you can create it. And you just have to stick yeah. with it. Is it going to be easy? No, is it going to be a straight line? To the to the mountain, to the top of the mountain? No. Is it possible? Yes, it is. So yeah. So at the end of the day, I would 100% say that it is if there are barriers, then it's mindset. Don't have money, mindset. Have money, mindset. It's all the same. How do you help people get past the, you know, negative
0: self-talk or the fear or I was poor growing up, I'm never going to, you know, have money. Like how, how do you help people get past that so that they can get into a mindset that is going to allow them to persist?
1: You have to do the work. You have to do the work on yourself and decide what kind of life you have and what kind of person you want to be. There's no one that is going to do that for you. At the end of the day, it comes down to you. So how do you do that? You wake up in the morning, you exercise, you eat right. You do the things that make you feel good about yourself. You take care of your pieces of of your life that need to be handled with integrity. You step into the vision of the kind of person you want to be in order to create what you want to create,
0: mm, so beautifully said and and I, I think for many uh challenging well,
1: yeah, if it was easy, everyone would do it. We all yeah. have we all have yeah. capability there's no question we all have the capability,
0: yeah, what I especially like is this idea of addressing all the different parts of you and what what you just described is is taking care of yourself loving yourself feeding yourself healthy things taking care of your you know well-being through exercise do things that you love act in integrity be honest be kind do things for others it starts with those fundamental foundational practices and from there it, you sort of you have that strength i think to be able to say Hey, I, I got this and let me now think about what's my goal and, and why do I want that goal? Right. Like I, th- I think that wanting that goal and understanding why you you want that goal is also important. Cause if you want, you know, the house in Hawaii will just stick to that. <laughs> is that for you? Or is that to show off to somebody or prove something and knowing why you're doing something I think can really help you to accelerate the process or it can be the thing that might be that might sabotage your efforts.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely true.
0: Have you without revealing anybody's personal information, is there any type of a, like a really an inspirational story about somebody that m- maybe has come into your mastermind or that you've worked with individually that was, you know, sort of down in the dumps, for lack of a better word, and they, they really did the work and, and turned things around and, you know, now they sort of are thriving?
1: You know, I don't work with people that are down in the dumps. I got to tell you, I'm not, I'm I'm not, I I don't fix broken wings. It's just not my, Mm. there are coaches that do. It's not my jam. We're all human. People have fears. People have things that they need to work out. I work with empowered women that are professional or that are doing something that they're really proud of in the world and are, are inspired to do better. And I take them to the next level. So I can't really share Mm. a story because I don't, I, I just don't even attract that kind of client. There are, like I said, I mean there are places I think if you're really down in the dumps, you know, you might need you know therapy or something else. but I mean you need you need to have a lot of stamina to achieve your dreams and to build wealth, build, mm-hmm. build, 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 build successful companies, do all the things you want to do. So you know for me, I'm, I'm there to take everybody higher and love it and enjoy it, but don't really do a lot of broken wings.
0: Oh, my God. Tamar, that is so beautiful. I I love it. And I love you claiming that. Uh, I, I work with a couple of students on something that's super interesting that I love doing. And a young woman that I work with was talking yesterday, and I love that she came to this realization. She's in high school. She talked about being like a luxury store, right? And if you're Gucci, If someone comes in and says, I don't like your bags, they're way too expensive, you know, you're ripping us off, then you don't change your bags to accommodate that customer. You tell them, move on to, you know, the next store, this is not for you and it just really reminds me it's probably the message that i need to hear since i've you know heard it twice right don't accept less than you know what you envision for yourself and who you are really i know that Often in in my business as I was growing it, you know, I did take a lot of people that, you know, said your Gucci bag is (laughs) too expensive and you're ripping us off. Not that I ripped anybody off because I always would reduce my price and it didn't get me to where I, I needed to be. And so it was sort of like one of those hard lessons learned. And I, I think that the message there is that, you know, no matter how long you've been in business, even if you haven't achieved the ultimate success, there are still places to go and it's
1: not too late. Yeah, no, absolutely. Of course not. As long as we're here, yeah. we can do anything we want. Now, you are in
0: Austin, but you work with people all over the United States, I assume. I do. So it's it's not so much having the, the knowledge of Austin only. You can help to empower people to learn about the markets that they're in. 100%. And one other question. Do you think that there is... I feel like I know the answer to this question, but I want to ask it anyway because I, I really would love to hear your point of view. You know, there are some markets that, even where I live, I live in in Long Island in New York, and it it seems to me that there's like not a lot of neighborhoods uh, for real estate. And I, I know that this is a is a spidery question, right? Because there's opportunity everywhere, but it seems like there's not as much opportunity. Now as maybe, you know, five, 10 years
1: ago in real estate. Is that not true? Well, right now we have interest rates climbing and the market is increasing in inventory. So yeah, it's not true. And there's always opportunities. So yeah, you we can we can find opportunities everywhere. Everywhere. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that that's so encouraging, and I, I think that that's a message that uh, kind of cuts across everything too, right? And not just real estate. Um, I think that that cuts across business. You know, even you know, getting clients, breaking into an industry where it might seem saturated, there certainly are opportunities everywhere. There's opportunity to capitalize on. Things that are already existing in the market and making them better. And then there, there are opportunities that somebody maybe hasn't explored at all. I teach a, a class on new venture creation actually at Rice University, which I'm sure you're familiar with from being in Austin. Yeah, well, Rice
1: is a great school.
0: Oh, I, I love it. I love teaching so much. And uh, we we talk so much about, you know, looking for opportunity and improving on some, you know, product services that are existing in the market and, you know, how you can go about doing that. So this is just, uh, I just think that this is such an inspiring conversation for the Sugar Coated podcast. And this whole idea of real estate and investing has sort of been in my periphery for quite some time. And uh, there's, for me, there definitely is a little bit of fear in putting some of the savings or potentially like you know, money that we would have set aside for retirement and putting it into real estate. Yet I do know in my mind, logically, that there, that, you know, real estate is an incredible investment that over the, the long term, time and time again, it just sort of proves that uh, it's a great investment
1: vehicle. Yes. hundred percent. I love it. I think it's the best. And I wrote a book about it and love, and want every woman to own real estate. I
0: love that. So tell us a little bit more about your book, your mastermind, and then how people can work with you.
1: Awesome. Yeah, sure. So the book is called The Millionaire's Mentality, A Professional Women's Guide to Building Wealth Through Real Estate. And you can get it at tamarbook.com. Very easy. And then my high-level mastermind and my coaching program, you can find information about that on my website at wealthbuildingconcierge.com. And uh, concierge, somebody told me that concierge is too hard to spell, but I don't think it is. It's C-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E. And I said, if somebody can't spell concierge, then I'm not sure if I'm a good fit right. for them.
0: <laughs> I, don't I love that. It. I was... <laughs> that is so funny. I was going to say that too. Like, you know, the, that's the least of, you know, the difficult things to overcome is well, how to spell yeah, concierge. You,
1: and it's not even so much, if you can't spell it, it's fine. Just Google it or look it up. It's not, a friend. Uh, but if you can't figure that out, then, then you're probably not going to be very successful in real estate. Uh, but I'm sure yeah. all of your listeners are very smart and will be able to do that. So yeah, WealthBelief is here. And on there, there's application that you can uh, find out about working with me.
0: That is amazing. And, and are these groups open all the time? Uh, is sort of a rolling basis? Do you have group classes that only open a couple of times a year? How does that work?
1: They're open currently all the time. They are rolling. So you can join Great. anytime. Yes.
0: Great. Well, I am going to be looking into this a, a little bit more. I just got my hands on your book. So awesome. I am all about the, the millionaire mindset and investing in real estate and uh, doing everything that I can to build wealth. Uh, for me, it's especially important now. I had a whole corporate career. I'm an entrepreneur now. And, you know, I, I, I love working, but I definitely am um, falling in love of, with the idea of uh, financial freedom through real estate. <laughs> Why not? Right? It's a good thing to yeah. fall in love with. Why not? Why not experiment with it and try it and, and see what happens, right? Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you so much for spending your time with me here today on the Sugar Coated Podcast. I know that our listeners are going to get so much value from our conversation, and I can't wait to uh, read your book and and reach out to you and talk to you more because I, I definitely see some real estate investing in my future. So Tamar, thank you so very much. And I just really appreciate you spending your time with us here today. Thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Bye-bye. This is the She Leads Podcast Network.